Welcome back to Respect the Drive. I'm Tedward. How are you doing? Are you good? Are you enjoying the fall weather? Are you taking scenic drives with the top down, the coat on? You know, I I really appreciated my seat warmer again. I know we we always like to say we daily anything. We're car enthusiasts, right? So I, I publish a full-blown race car and I say, ooh, this is a weekender, and I get a thousand comments telling me I drive this to work every day. But I realize how fake that is every time I get in my M3 and it's like 40 degrees. <laughs> and I go straight for the seat warmers and realize, yeah, I don't I don't want to daily a race car. And it's the perfect time for a classic because one thing you forget is when you don't have air conditioning in the middle of summer, it's not that fun to drive. It it's it's rough. My 911 is is very hot in the summer. It's hard to arrive at a location looking sane. Every time I get out of that car after a summer drive, I look like I've just jumped out of a pool and, and maybe had a little too much to drink. You look dehydrated, you look tired, you look you just don't look well. And uh, when, when, it's, when it's this kind of weather, we can get a good 60, 55 degree day. Like I had in the Speedster the other day, that unbelievable, unrestored 1956 356A Speedster. Uh, I mean, what a car. 37,000 miles on that thing. Fully original, complete treat to drive that around some New England roads. And the beauty of a car like that is you can kind of rip on it a little bit and you're never going much more than five miles an hour over the speed limit. Now, I, I, I didn't push it too hard, as you can understand. Uh, when you've got a car that valuable, when you're kind of kissing that half a million mile mar- uh, half a million dollar mark on a car that cannot be replaced, cannot be replaced, you can replace pretty much everything else, right? You you have a reproduction car, you've got a kit car, even my 911, that can be replaced. It's worth okay money, but it can be replaced. This car, you can't replace the second owner's family keeping it preserved for 50 years. You just can't do it. But I'm looking forward to sharing more cars like that. I love a car with a story, and that's what I'm having fun with. And speaking of fall weather in New England, keeping my cars out of the elements, the rain, the gross leaves coming down, leaving their imprints all over my paint. Thankfully, my E39 M5 is covered up at Garage 42 in Woburn, Massachusetts, if you need to store your beautiful ride and uh, keep it in a nice climate-controlled, secure environment, give them a call up at Garage 42. And a lot of you have reached out to me on Instagram after I published my career update, I guess you can say, seven months since I quit my job. And for the most part, the messages are just, you know, an outpouring of support, which is which is incredible. But a lot of folks are asking for advice. And and I want to give a warning. I, I can't really give advice. I can give uh, my experience. And I, I would always be wary of folks who are really eager to offer advice because although I had a plan and a little bit of a strategy, it all could have fallen apart. It, there's always a bit of chance in this stuff. So, I mean, my when I give advice, I always err on the side of like, be conservative financially. Make sure you don't take any risks you can't afford to, you know, you can't afford to lose. You, you, if, if it's all or nothing, I'm going to tell you to just stay put until you've saved enough to, <laughs> to make a leap. But yeah, I, I mean... I, I think it was also really humbling to see so many people in the engineering field, with a lot of students too, man. Oh my goodness, a lot. I feel bad because I, I didn't mean to put pressure on too many engineering students to say like, you're going to hate your life in corporate America. <laughs> it's, just, it's not the case. It's it's me. It's It's my experience. It's how I feel in an environment like that. I don't fit in. And maybe you do. Maybe that's going to be the path for you. My guest today is Jake Thevis. 
of Outmotor Sports. It's an LGBTQ plus driven community, but it's not car news for gays. So, you know, don't don't run off yet. Um, it, it, this is actually a conversation that I was really happy to have on the mics. It's not sappy. It's not it's not it's not a lecture. I think me and Jake just kind of shared some some experiences that we've both had and what we hope to see grow in the in the motorsports community and and what ultimately will be more healthy for uh the sustainment of what we love to do that's drive so without further ado here's jake the introduction to this i feel is out motorsports so what is out motorsports mm-hmm. what's the goal here well so the um you know, the whole point behind what we're doing is kind of twofold. Um, so one is to highlight people who are already, uh, you know, out and involved uh, in the automotive world or the motorsport world as their whole selves. So if, if you identify as LGBT plus and you're out, you know, going to the track and you're, you're very you know forthcoming with who you are, not to say you show up with uh, bells on at every racetrack <laughs> event, but like, you know, if, if you're if you're showing up and when people talk about their partners, you know, you're willing to say my boyfriend, my husband, my wife, my girlfriend. I mean, that's a huge step in and of itself. Um, so that's the the one bit is to just share the, the stories of the people who are already doing this thing. And then the other bit is more to encourage people who think that, um, you know, there's there, it's not possible to have this intersectionality between loving cars and wanting to go race and wanting to go off-roading and join in all these fun activities and being queer. Right. So you hit a big one for me. Um, now I, I've always been out on my channel, but it's not the focus. I did it because I never wanted, I never wanted to come out. I didn't like that idea. I don't like coming out. I don't, but, but the thing people don't recognize is that coming out isn't a singular event. It's a constant thing. And when you, when you said like just the, Oh, my boyfriend, my husband kind of thing, being able to say that at a racetrack, being able to kind of bring up your normal life with an instructor who's like, Oh yeah. Hey, like, you know, you're meeting people a lot of times, you know, you get in a car, right. They're like, who are you? Where are you from? What do you do? You got a family? And like, you got a family is always the big one, whether it's at work, whether it's at an event, whether it's whatever for gay men, and I'm sure for women as well, um, because it is awkward. You don't necessarily know who you're giving this information to, and you don't know if it's going to impact the experience you're about to have. And exactly on the one hand, most people, most people will be like, oh, yeah, whatever. That's cool. Like, oh, what's his name? Right. They're just going to have a normal conversation with you. Mm-hmm. But there's always that off chance that that is a weird thing for them. And unfortunately, it does matter because if it's a weird thing for them, it that interaction becomes a weird thing for you. Right. And it will affect the experience that you're having at whatever event or function you know, where this has all come up. And I have that regular, like, it's crazy how often that happens and how infantilizing it is. Like, suddenly you're like a child afraid to talk, you know, or like, it, it is weird. I mean, most people, for the most part, know me and know, you know, know who I am. So I don't have to worry too, too much. But I did have an encounter somewhat recently 
um, with some cars that I was looking at and uh, not to buy, of course, just to like, you know, we were, we were potentially doing videos and things like that. Sure. And, and they kept making like gay jokes. They kept making like, and not like cutesy gay jokes, like kind of gay jokes that I would have heard in high school, mm. um, kind of razzing each other in a little bit of a macho way. So, but it wasn't the kind of thing where I was like, like, would I, you know, would I inform these people or am I going to ruin my own experience? And then by not informing them, am I a traitor to myself for not being on? Like, you know, what level is it your own safety versus it's you just being too chicken shit to do it? Right. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, it's interesting. So, you know, I am not, um, I'm not always the most like open and, and out there with, uh, you know, who I am and, and my feelings and all these things all the time. I can, I think I can come across sometimes as a little, um, a little quiet or, or a little walled off depending on what's going on. And, uh, I, I made the conscious choice with out motorsports to lead with this because having been around the amateur motorsports world and following some semi pro and pro motorsport, and then getting to know people in other aspects of the automotive industry, whether it's at a manufacturer or PR for a brand or, you know, an independent third party that's working with different brands, there's a lot of family all over the place. And I think a lot of people go to great lengths to shift the conversation if something comes up because they are afraid of losing a sponsorship, a deal, a business partnership, a whatever. And I I think there are two things that are working in my and our favor um, this, this is, there, there's a privilege of sorts that I feel like I have in that I'm, I'm six foot one. I have a deep voice and a good beard. And that goes a long way in getting people who may not like quote the gays to like you. <laughs> yeah. And, and I hate that it's a thing, but I think it's a thing depending on who you're meeting and where you're going. Oh yeah. And I think it has opened a few doors. So I feel a responsibility to do what I can when the door is open. Um, so I just, I feel like that's, uh, it's kind of, you know, why we're, we're here. And then the other big bonus compared to a lot of folks I'm trying to perhaps inspire or do things differently than is I have a day job, I have literally nothing to lose. If someone doesn't want to let me drive their car, come on a driving event, send me press loans, invite me to a race weekend, fine. Right. You I, I don't care. I have nothing to lose. It's not my career. And um I now have a platform where if I need to talk about some inequality, we can talk about it. Exactly. So this is what I like about what you're doing, because you're taking it to a place where it's very on on the on the on the surface, you're like, oh motorsport. It's like, oh, okay. So it's super gay. But like it isn't, and that's what I like about it, because we'll get into this a little bit too, but there just because you're gay doesn't mean you fit into the gay community either. Um, well, the community is just very wide, you know, widespread for types of people you meet. Exactly. And I like that when I go to outmotorsport.com or your or your channel or, you know, whatever feeds you have, I'm reading articles about cars. I'm watching videos about cars. Um, there's really nothing other than, I mean, the thing that I like about it is it's empowering because it says like, this is 
th- th- this content is created by gay people, trans people, whatever. Like exactly you know, this community, this LGBT. L- look, I, I'm gonna. I'm like kind of hopped up on coffee, so saying. LGBTQ plus is not going to come out very quickly for me. Um, <laughs> but like, I like that it's saying like, you know, right on the surface, it's basically saying, by the way, you can do this. That's what I like. about Exactly. It, right. And, and I also wanted to, so one of the things I wanted to ask you is because this is out motorsport, um, is it exclusively gay created or, or LGBTQ plus created? Um, I would say yes, except the answer is technically no at this point. Um, I have, I have one friend named Taylor who is, uh, very much on the straight side of the spectrum and, uh, Taylor is lovely and buys a bunch of terrible cars for $500 at a time. He sounds great. (laughs) Yes. I love going to his house to look at and work on and drive his projects and then not have to fix them myself. Um, anyway, he bought a BMW E21 320i and uh, made a video. He's like, hey, if you want to share this on your channel, um, here's me getting the car running after it sat since 1991. Yeah. And he has offered to do more because we have the reach and he just wants to share what he's up to. So yeah, I like that. I like like part of part of what you're doing, I think, is just such a broad inclusivity and I like that it doesn't have, I mean, that's the thing. Part of inclusivity is being inclusive, right? So <laughs> it's like, right. This I guy... am not looking to only have LGBT creators, but I want to have a space where those people can be creators. And also anyone else who wants to share something on our platform gets lumped in as this, this ally, this active ally. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing I remember. I I don't know if it's quite the thing it used to be, but when I was in high school, I remember we had the GSA, the gay straight Alliance, right? Which on the surface sounds so goofy. When you say it out loud, sometimes I say that I'm like, Oh my God, like I wasn't part of it. Cause I, well, probably I wasn't part of it because I was too afraid of my own sexuality to walk in the door of a room room like that. Oh my God, they're going to figure out I'm gay if I'm in GSA. Um, But you know, one thing that happens a lot, and I get messy. I'm sure you get this a lot. Um, I get a lot of DMs from like gay youth who either say, "Oh my God, I just watched your video, and I thought I was the only one. I thought I was the only like gay car guy." Which, uh, like maybe two years ago, that was really interesting to me. Now that I'm like, dude, come on, like do a little research, right? <laughs> like we're out here. Um, but on the other side, I'm like, wow, this is so humbling that, and and like I feel so, it's incredible to feel like, wow, you your thing, the thing you did, made them feel part of something, or like, yeah. oh, there's other people like me. Yeah, it's huge, and the the interesting thing with the DMs and you know, I thought I was the only one, um, part of, and, and this is, I'll try and make this short. Don't, part yeah, of it's a why, podcast, man. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, part of why, uh, I wanted to create what we created is because when I was still trying to find my footing, you know, out of college, living in the DC metro area, like there's a lot of people to meet. It's great. If you're LGBT, a lot of a lot of bars, a lot of people to meet, a lot of, <laughs> D- you know. Yeah, D.C. Uh, is definitely like the, leagues. the intro course to, uh, hey, I could play football and I'm gay and now I have a whole bunch of friends. <laughs> right. But, you know, if you don't fit into one of those groups, I did I did the Stonewall Kickball League for three or four seasons. And 
it was fun enough, but it, it just kind of wasn't my people. Sure. So I started Googling and I, it's like, if I could find anything that's like gay car people, I, I would love to be a part of that. And, you know, this has been a few years now for you and me and everyone else. But when I started searching, there was nothing that you could find, whether you looked on YouTube or Google or Facebook or forums or whatever. So I just decided to create the thing I couldn't find on Google right. and aggressively hit everything with SEO and metadata and whatever else to make sure other people could find us. And we've received those messages of this is so cool. I'm so glad this exists. You know, you make me feel like I can, I can be both of these things. And it's tremendously, uh, validating that what we're doing matters to someone besides ourselves. I know that is the best feeling ever because I mean, look, it's one thing when I can help someone make a decision to turbo their Miata or not. I mean, great. Right. But like, it's another thing when someone's like, Oh, I feel less alone on earth right now. <laughs> like that's exactly. A, that's a nice feeling. And I like talking to these guys, these kids, a lot of them are kids. They're so young. They're in college they're or they're in high school and they're just kind of like figuring themselves out. And I'm already like, dude, you're way ahead of me. Because right. I didn't come out. I, I don't know about you. I came out. I was what? 20, 20. Yeah, I was 20. I was in college and I had a girlfriend and I was like, not really enjoying that the way I thought I would. <laughs> and uh, then, yeah, um, things changed real quick. And I was like, oh, th I figured this out in a heartbeat. Um, and it yeah. sucked. Coming out sucks. It sucks to be 20. It sucks because you're, you have to tell your friends if they didn't already know. And if they already did know, then that sucks too, because then it's not even an event. They're just like, finally. Um, exactly. Dude, it's, the, it's like the worst, and it's so awkward for so many reasons. Um, but oh, you got to yeah. do it, and you're going to have to do it a lot. <laughs> right. To your point, you do it again and again. Yeah. Well, well, it's so just yeah, I, it's something that never stops. Given your position in this, in this, in this, like out motorsports production, I feel like it's probably fair game to ask your story a little bit. Is it? Is that not overreaching? Uh, no. So I, um, I only had one real girlfriend, and it was in high school, um, and she was great. And we, you know, we broke it off after a little while because it just wasn't, you know, it wasn't working for a variety of reasons. Um, we had met in uh, drama. I was a total fine arts nerd in, in high school. So I was doing, Classic. you know, three bands and two choruses. And I was in drama on the technical end because I can't act to save my life. I but, wouldn't have even been um, brave enough to do those things. Like not, I would, as much as I love to be on camera, on stage, all this stuff, like you couldn't have paid me to do it when I was in that insecure position because it would have, it would have blown up my spot. Like, <laughs> yeah, well it was, I mean, that's why I tried acting one time and I, I hated every minute of it, with all the spotlights and everything. So I'm amazed that I've gotten comfortable with the camera now, but you know, it's been a bunch of years. Um, so yeah, I, I had this one girlfriend in high school and then it didn't really work out. Um, and then, you know, I was, I was very slowly figuring things out on my own. And, um, there was one guy in high school who was from the competing high school's drama department. So that's how we met. Um, and he was kind of my foray into like, oh, maybe, oh, okay. What does Tina Belcher um, call that? Are those called bofos, boys? No, beef, beefos, boys from other schools. Yeah, beefos. Beefo, <laughs> That's yes. from Bob's Burgers. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen that show in so long. Oh, I like um, literally watch it nightly. It's pathetic. But anyway, go ahead. So, so he was kind of the, the 
the first little catalyst and then, you know, <laughs> off to college and, uh, and things just kind of snowballed from there. And, um, I did what I think a lot of people have done maybe in the past. Maybe now it's different because this is all uh, more accepted and, and cool. Um, I came out as bi before I came out as gay Inter- okay. um, by yeah. a period of several years. Oh, wow. And okay. I, I came out as bi and then immediately started only dating men, which tremendously confused my parents because they didn't quite know what to do with like the label versus the actions that I was taking. Right. Um, but they were very supportive through the whole thing. And then finally, um, my, my mom and I were out, uh, I was home on break for something and we were out at the, the mall walking around and some girl at like the shoe store at journeys or something Classic. Was, like, shamelessly uh. flirting with me. And we left the store and she's like, you didn't reciprocate that. Like, are you aware of what was happening? And I said, yeah, um, I need to tell you something. And, and that was like me finally being very unapologetic of like, I have figured this out. I have decided how I want to identify and how I do identify. And like, now we can really call a spade a spade. Yes. And, you know, I'm very fortunate in that I have two loving parents who, are very open-minded, supportive, you know, they get it in every sense of the word. My mom lived in San Francisco in the late seventies, early eighties and had a trans friend like that, you know, it was never a problem, but I also have friends who, you know, did not have the same experience as myself. Well, it can also be, I mean, for, for example, like my, my parents, they would take us to like these very artsy parties through my aunt because they were like deep, deep, deep into the art scene. And we would go to like, like, and when I say I, I, to this day, I think I went to gayer parties as a 12 and 13 year old than I have today, like, (laughs) like easily far gayer parties as a 13 year old. Um, And even though we had those experiences and even though I knew like my parents were like friends with these people, it still felt like, Ooh, what's it going to be like when it's in their backyard? You know what I mean? Like, right. You know, it's one thing when it's like, Oh, it's fine over there. Cause we always got to leave. Right. We always got to leave. Right. And and you would still hear them talk about, and I feel like I'm throwing my parents under the bus right now, but yeah, whatever. Like you would still hear them talk about it and kind of like, like retell the jokes they told in the voice and like little, you know, but Nothing that wasn't really unkosher for the time of like late nineties, early two thousands. Like it's, it is what yeah. it is. I mean, it was like, if you heard this today, you'd probably be horrified, but like back then it would be like telling a will and grace story at a water cooler. Like, you know, it, right. It's, it was just different. It was just different. So it still made me intimidated. I still wasn't super comfortable with it. Um, but no, that's, that's awesome. How did you feel um, or when did you start finding like, uh, I guess, it, you know, you're Googling the things you start finding like these other gay motorheads. Like when were you, Hey, I have a friend. Cause for me, I think it was Eric Roby's group on Facebook. The, the gay, um, is it gay sports car fans or gay? I forget which one is which there's a few of them. Um, but I remember like joining that group and like meeting all like these Southern California guys and they, well, they were all rel- like in LA and San Diego. And so I happened to do a road trip or something out to LA and they were like, Hey, let's go to dinner. I like met all these guys. I'm like, Oh my God. Like these dudes all just like rolled up in like a fleet of sweet cars, great exhaust, like Mustangs, Jaguars, like, uh, you name it, like, f- uh, focus STs, Fiestas, whatever golf R's 
And I'm just having dinner with these dudes and it was great. I'm like, oh, sweet. Like, this is like a nice little community. And it happened a couple times, like once in Long Beach, once in, I think, San Diego. And, you know, I was like, wow, this is actually really nice that I had made this. They found me through a video um, or Eric did. And it was cool that it went from like me feeling like, hey, maybe I'm going to publish this thing about myself just for the hell of it. And at that point, I didn't have like a lot of gay car friends i mean i had some but not like on a national level uh and then that happened i was like whoa this is way bigger than me (laughs) this is cool yeah yeah i i definitely had that moment and you know so i i like i said i came out in college and then graduated and you know i kept doing track stuff and bought the m3 and that snowballed um oh yeah you're gonna meet a lot i only had gonna meet a lot of boys with an e36 m3 (laughs) <laughs> yes, but you meet you meet fewer of them when you can only drive it at a racetrack. Um, you're you're limited to the pool that is attending the event. It's true. Um, so, uh, but I, I had a few friends from from college. Um, there was a motorsports club in college, and I had a couple friends who were gay and in that club, and then also were either doing track days with me or working at the events. Sure. So we would kind of pal around. But um, what actually led me to realize there was this big community and this might be worth doing something was, um, a, a friend of mine who is fairly prolific in the Honda and Acura community. Um, an article got posted about one of his cars on a, like a news blog that I was reading over lunch every day at work. And there were pictures of him and I developed a little crush. Ooh. I'd never met him. And at the bottom it said, if you want to get in touch, here's his email. So I just shot him an email. Oh, I love that. And it was just like, <laughs> Hey, I love the story. Um, he, you know, I'm out in DC. It said, it said nothing of it wasn't, how to get identified or any of that. Sure. I just shot him a nice note. So we started corresponding by email and, um, eventually he invited me out to visit for like a long weekend. Um, nice. So I got on a plane and, went and visited, um, and hung out. It was the same thing. Like you said, you know, hung out with him and all of his friends. We did all these drives, lots of cool cars. Um, and when I was leaving to go home, he said, Hey, I'm going to add you to a Facebook group. I think you'll like it. And it was a completely hidden group, but it was at the time, probably three or 4,000 people deep of gay car guys. Yeah. So, um, that was how that went. And, um, you know, I didn't know what was going to happen when I got on the plane. It turned out to become a friendship that still persists to this day, which is awesome. Um, but that was kind of the eye opener of, Hey, we're here and we're everywhere and we're into all sorts of different things. And that got my gears turning in my own head for how can we, how can we make people not feel like, you know, you and I have felt where, Okay, I know a couple people, but that's it. And now, several years later, that one big group has spawned into different regional groups based on where you live. And there's a good group of probably 40 or 50 of us in the D.C. area that get together all the time. Yeah, yeah. No, and it's it's like I think it's just like heartwarming to have that. And I think one of the reasons why I wanted to be kind of out not like you know loud and proud but just be like you know this is a casual thing i might mention once in a while um 
is because I wasn't seeing the representation in media necessarily. And, you know, you and I both know there are like most people would probably be shocked at how many of their favorite car reviewers, journalists, YouTubers, whatever are gay. And it's always funny. I love I love it when people discover it and then tell me as if I'm learning for the first time um about these people and it's like and it's like it's never who they think i mean some of them are but like it's rarely who they think there's i mean and that's the thing is i think it takes a lot of the um the machismo out of the equation because some of the some of the guys that they would be like oh my god you know he's got these thousand horsepower drag cars and all this crazy stuff like he's a macho dude i'm like yeah well guess who goes home to his boyfriend right (laughs) like you know what i mean i'm like that dude does wheel stands and then he snuggles up to his guy right and that's like that should be normalized. I know. And it's like, um, it's like, but, yeah, he's still just as fucking tough and he's still going to take your money when you put, when you try to race him. It's just the way right. it goes. And I love that. And I think, you know, for me, your out motorsport thing is, is the change because the change I want to see isn't like more gay people. I don't give a shit. Like not more gay people. It's like more people like being honest with themselves because they're not afraid to lose the sponsorships. They're not afraid to lose the money because that's what I think. Like, and I mean, like, look, you're going to tell me that there's no gay people in the NFL or the NBA, or I'm like, I'm like, dude, like mm, there's so many gay people in these organizations. Like, right. And, and what's interesting is some of that does get covered by different media, whether it's like LGBT focused media or otherwise, when different players come out in football, baseball, basketball, hockey, soccer, whatever, it gets covered. What doesn't get covered by any of that is motorsport. Right. There's a couple. It is a forgotten sport. And the only splash that's been made in recent history that I can recall is Hurley Haywood. Yeah. Yeah. And that was not while he was actively racing. Right. And so I just find that sad. We got to change that. I agree. And, and I, I, I do notice more like personally, I like, but you know, again, it's because maybe I just have more of a network in this thing, but like I am noticing more and more people, um, even at my own track events now, I have not been tracking this season cause I'm poor this year. So we're going to work on that. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but like I did, um, like I, there have been times when I've like reviewed uh, a car. Right. And then the person whose car who offered me a car, um, you know, maybe they saw a few of my videos and just liked my driving style or what I was doing. They're like, hey, yeah, come drive my thing. Um, and then later on, have messaged me like, oh, hey, I, I didn't know you were gay. I'm gay. I would, and, you know, made like a, mm. made like a cute remark like, oh, I would I would I would have dressed up nicer had I known, you know, like, right. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's so funny. Like, it's cute. And it's also funny that I'm like, I've. Um, you know, you still get into this mode where you're like, do I pass? Right. Like, and that's not an attitude that you should have because it shouldn't matter. Um, and I, and I always find it strange cause I always feel like I'm being myself. I always feel like that's the situation. So not that you can look at a person and know they're gay, but you know, for, for somebody who has kind of lived in this bubble with a little bit of fear all the time, wondering like, do people know you always just feel like everybody knows who I am. Everybody sees that. And then, you know, you're just waiting for like the ridicule or the, the, the vitriol from mean people. Most of the time, that's just not the case. And it's totally in your head. It still just takes a lot to, I don't know. Right. And it's, it's also, you know, I think it's very different if these people who you might perceive to be bigoted or mean spirited or whatever actually meet someone who 
identifies as LGBT. Right. Um, you know, I, I have been told by several people, and keep in mind, I've been working for the mid-Atlantic region of NASA since 2008. Yeah. So this has been a long, long run here. I've been told by so many people that I have changed their opinion of gay people because they just didn't know anyone before me. Isn't that a weird feeling? And I just, feeling? I find that staggering. That's such a weird feeling. Because I... all I've done is just show up and be me and answer questions. I've made it clear that they can ask me questions, but <laughs> and then, like, I'm not going to immediately, you know, call you some awful name because you ask something or say something. I'd rather take the time to educate. So it's funny because I'm doing to you right now what I hate people do to me, which is like, hey, let's talk about being gay because you're gay. <laughs> but <laughs> but in the context of this of this discussion, I feel like it matters because, you know, we're talking about your publication. We're talking about what's going on. We'll get we'll get off of this in a minute. But like that is a thing that, you know, on the one hand, like, yes, you want to be somebody's um, liaison to tolerance, right? Like that's a nice place right. to be. You want to be someone who they can ask questions to and maybe joke around a little bit with and just kind of like, you know, feel things out. Um, on the other hand, like you don't want to be like every time you walk in the door, it's the only thing they talk about. And that's really, that's what irks me. Yeah. And it, it has not been that way for me. I've just been the resource. Um, it does. And I'm sure you've felt the same way. It gets exhausting. <laughs> there are there are some times where I just want to say, look, read the news, read a book, like think for yourself for a minute. And it's it's hard, but I have to remember these are people with different backgrounds, different experiences. So I, I try to keep that in mind. But, you know, the, the one question that still stands out, and this was many years ago at this point, was from someone who had known me for a long time. And he, he goes, I you know, we've talked for a long time. I get it. I get the gay thing. He goes, I don't get the trans thing. What is that? Oh my God. And it was, it was not from a mean spirited place. It was just like, you know, you're a, I hate the term, but he's a boomer and has no experience, may have trans friends that he just doesn't know are trans, but has never met someone or known someone who self identifies or is going through the process. So, as kind of tedious as it felt at the time, I was happy to take some time and say, Hey, let me send you some stuff and we can talk, you can read, you know, we'll, we'll have a phone call. So I'm always happy to do that, but it does get a little tiring. It's exa- yeah, no, I think, I think you're right. Um, but I think it's better that folks like, I'm sure you agree. Like it's better that folks come to you and kind of figure it out rather than just decide, I hate that. <laughs> right. <laughs> like I'll always, I'll always field a really poorly or insultingly worded question versus somebody just saying like, no, don't let them in our bathrooms. <laughs> I'd exactly. Ra- I'd rather just answer the question. Um, right. You know, you want to be like, ooh, 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 I hear what you're saying. Don't, don't ever say that again, but let's have a conversation. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell you why what you said is wrong but I'm not going to be mad at you for it. And you know, that's the thing. I don't even feel like I'm enough of a resource for things like that because I'm like, well, that's not my experience. Like I can, I can advocate and I can, I can speak for it because I understand what it's like to be different. I understand what it's like to be other. And I understand what it's like to kind of realize something about yourself that isn't quote unquote normal to the rest of your friends or society or whatever. Um, And that I think is the relation to, which is interesting that transgender folks get lumped in with gays. Cause it's like, 
it's very different. Like one is like gender identification. One is sexual orientation. Exactly. And so it's like, I always feel like I'm way in left field when someone wants me to have that conversation. Cause I'm like, well, look, I'm going to give you what I can give you. It still may not be totally right because I only understand it from an orientation perspective, but I can tell you what it feels like to know something's different about you than exactly whatever. And I can get you there. But like, if you're asking me, like, what's it like to be a woman trapped in a man's body? Like, I, I can't get you there. I, I can help you right. understand I, it. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's the point where I I say here, like, conceptually, theoretically, you know, I have trans friends who I've talked about this with, but I can't tell you that from a first-person experience. But that's another one. There are some big, big, big transgender YouTubers, man, and they don't know, and I love it. And I'm like, on the one hand, I love it because I'm like, dude, I love how accepting people are of this person and 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 how they go about what they're doing. On the other hand, I'm like, man, how scared must they be to have folks find out? Or is it just so not really their aim to be that person that they don't want anyone to know? Like, why should I have to fucking tell you? You know, if you love, if, if you think I'm attractive in this form, why do you need to know anything more about me? Right. And I, based on the, the trans friends I have and, you know, trans connections I have in my bigger network, I think that's a very different answer depending on who you're talking to. Well, there's real, like, that's the thing. I feel like trans fear is a lot closer to like 1960s gay fear. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like there, it's, it, it's that community is. I think not quite on the same level yet. And oh, it's sad. Sure. It's really upsetting. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping it will get there. So, I mean, I guess, I mean, that's the thing. I, I, I think we both share the idea that like we would, how do you walk the balance though? I get, all right. I know I'm saying this like in three different directions. How do you walk the balance between like, it's a non thing versus representation versus like, like living your life on, the racetrack. I mean, I think from an NFL, it's, it's easy to use sports. So let's say you're an NFL player, right? Like you don't need to have a fucking press conference. Just kiss your husband or your boyfriend when you win. <laughs> like that exactly. says it all. Why do you need to say another word? Whereas like, I'd like to see a little more of that on, you know, like, wouldn't it be cool? You get like a formula one driver who's got his like hot trophy boyfriend sitting in the stands instead of his like uh, bombshell blonde wife. Right. Like, right. That's kind of cool. I'd be down with that. Like, and right. Be, I mean, it's, it's just, it's a normalization thing of if you're going to bring a plus one, bring whoever. Can you imagine like a Ferrari factory Formula One driver having a really like style conscious, like knockout boyfriend who becomes a fashion icon because they are the spouse of a Formula One driver? Like, think about it in the terms of like, you have Victoria Beckham, not that she's not, you know, her own person, but like Victoria Beckham is like a fashion icon. And, you know, since and I don't necessarily think that was a that wasn't just the Spice Girls doing that for her. It was like she got that second wave because she marries David Beckham. Right. Right. So I imagine that with somebody who's like married to a Formula One factory driver and it's just like the ultra cool right hand of everybody's fucking hero because he just podiums all the time. Right. I mean, that, that that's a wonderful 
thought and what <laughs> what saddens me is like i don't know if that could be reality i don't i don't know if we're there yet i know i know and that you're right like it is sad because i know i just said that and i'm like oh i don't think that's happening in my lifetime or at least not for a very very long time yeah it just there there's still progress to be made but hopefully the visibility you know and what we're trying to push will will help that in whatever form so right. See. I mean, I guess for me, yeah, I mean, from my perspective, it's like the more you just kind of represent it, but you don't shove it down people's throats. Um, it's like there's the balance, right? Excuse me. There's always going to be people. I mean, you're always going to have the YouTubers who and Instagram. I mean, Instagram, for example, you're famous on Instagram because you're hot, right? You can consider like who who if you're a guy and you like cars and you're straight, um, your Instagram like homepage is going to be two things. It's going to be cars and it's going to be boobs, right? Like you're going to be like, Oh, these are the two things I click on. And most of the time, the ones that you're really going to go and dig through and search through are going to be like, Whoa, who is this girl? Because you know, there's like 900 other photos of this girl on her Instagram page. And, and the same goes with men. Like if you're a hot guy and you're like, Oh yeah, like, let me just post this like really like casual photo of me on the beach in, uh, you know, the South Pacific. Cause I just casually am here all the time doing crunches. Um, that is going to get you the clicks. Uh, and so from a, a perspective on YouTube, we also see that with thumbnails, right? A shirtless photo of a, a beautiful man, or like, you know, uh, like a, a beautiful, like cleavage shot of a woman is always going to get a click more than my Miata. Like, yes. right. Like my, like a 440 horsepower Miata that someone gives me to drive is interesting to a lot of people. Yes. However, boobs and abs always trump, always trump literally everything. Like, like cars are great. We all think that cars are life, but sex sells way harder than that. So it's like, how do you strike that balance? Because I do see like a lot of male YouTubers, whether they're gay or not, like they're going to do like the sexy, like, Ooh, here's, here's me with my car, but they happen to be shirtless. You know, it's like, right. And, and is that that, I mean, that's, I, I don't really have the option to do that because I don't spend that much time on my body. So it's not going to happen. Um, I'm going to have to rely on those sweet, sweet hands with the POV. Um, <laughs> but like, how do you strike the balance between being like, Oh yeah. Like, is I mean, is it okay to have like gays in motorsport use their sexuality to normalize it, or is it too far? Is it? I, I yeah, I think I think that's my question. <laughs> well, so I, I mean, I can only speak to what we're doing, um, but the the other thing to go back to when I was you know googling and trying to find a community that didn't really exist, um, I did find one fairly prolific, uh, I guess, Instagram celebrity, whatever you want to call. I don't know what you call Instagram. Sure. Influencers. Influ- we'll go influencer. Yeah. Anyway, um, this person was very much into the pictures of themselves with cars and the whole thing was very car themed. And I thought, Oh great. I've, and, and this person was very open with the fact that they were gay. Sure. So I thought, oh, great, I found the holy grail of someone to talk to, and maybe there's this community. And I ended up meeting this person in real life yeah. um, as part of a, a get-together in D.C. Um, they just happened to be here. And realized very quickly they were not that the, – the depth of car enthusiasm was not necessarily there. Right, so, right, right. 
they were banking mostly on the sex sells element of it, sure. which is awesome. If you can make that your career and you want to make that your career, I, like I am not trying to throw any shade at that. That's awesome. But with what we're doing, you know, I made the conscious decision that I don't really care how many subscribers and clicks and whatever's we get because uh, I want to do this authentically. Yeah. And what you don't have, whether you're a gay man or a straight man at a racetrack, is half-naked people draped all over cars. What you have is sweaty people climbing out of cars, pulling suits off with a cool shirt on. It, no, I t- you're totally right. And, and I think it kind of has this double-edged sword where like on the one hand you're like "Eh, that's like not the kind of ethical moral way i wanted to go about making this a thing but at the same time you're like well if someone else is doing it and it kind of yields the same results and exposure i guess it's for the best yeah i think i think to a point but you know like we're doing this thing on our instagram that i've started calling humans about motorsports which is just to share pictures and info of our followers yeah because you know maybe you don't have the time to write articles consistently but you want to say hey this is me here's the car i've got here's what i'm doing with it so i am happy to make a post that is just that with a couple photos of you and your car right um i will always lead with a picture of the person not a picture of the car excellent because the person will stand out more than the car you know we, we posted one today you will get more attention wearing a helmet with a little rainbow decal on it than you will of another E36 M3. I dig. I love it. I love that. And and it's funny because so, I like the, I like from what I've seen so far, those are very like authentic photos. Unlike when, I, when you go into like a lot of gay groups on Facebook and it's like, introduce yourself. It's basically like a, a Tinder photo instead yes. of like, instead of like, imagine you go into like just a, a, a Corvette club of America group or something like that. And it's like, introduce yourself. Like your photo of you is not going to be sexy. Your photo, your photo of you is going to be like, yeah, this is me standing next to my vet. Um, whereas right. like you go in the gay group and it's like, hi, <laughs> Here's... it's like portrait mode, drink in one hand, <laughs> smiling, looking off in the distance. Like I can, I can narrate that whole shot so it's it's so i mean it's funny and i like i don't mean to shit on it because it's i i appreciate my gay brothers i appreciate how it works i just i do think it's funny sometimes because it's like um one of the things about gay culture especially in gay car culture and this is i think where people need to realize like it can be hard to meet people with similar interests it can be hard to meet people at all especially if you don't live in a major city if you live out in rural america like finding, you know, trust me, you, if you've swiped for 12 minutes on Tinder in, in the middle of nowhere, like you've already gone through everybody and you're like, right, and they're oh. all 50 miles away. Yeah. And you're like, uh Oh, that was the pool. Um, <sighs> and you're like, shit, I just swiped left on. all of them. <laughs> uh, But like, you know, when, when I think what happens with these groups is they're not thirsty, but they're not not thirsty. Like everyone's kind of like a little bit making themselves slightly available just because. Oh, there's a little bit of peacocking. Oh, for, for sure. sure. Because you you you're you're basically maybe for the first time introducing yourself to a field of eligible bachelors who share right. an interest. And I mean, a lot of folks I know have a lot of you know a lot of gay guys have who are into cars have never dated someone who gave a shit about cars. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've had a few 
relationships with car people and it's not all it's cracked up to be because a lot of times they think they like cars but they're like oh i like the red one um different kind <laughs> different different place on the spectrum than me <laughs> um right and then there's other people who um maybe are like way into like a niche right and it's like i mean think about this i have so much respect for any woman who's like husband or boyfriend spends all night every night in a garage like building an engine or whatever because like i don't even want that (laughs) like i'm gonna be like oh my god all you do is work on that stupid fucking car like let's go do something you never drive it is it ever gonna and i'm like oh my god i could possibly be the person who hates the car guy (laughs) (laughs) right well and beyond all that you have to just be compatible outside of the the car thing yes i mean that's the thing that's one interest like are you yeah so a you 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 think each other is sexy congrats step number one step number two you both like cars there's a whole bunch of other parts of your life that really need to coincide yeah so (laughs) i think there's a lot of people who think that oh i met someone else into cars and now we're getting married and the reality is you may meet someone who doesn't even own a car and they're your person. Right. From what I And they're willing to get into the hobby and, and ask questions, understand it, but they're not a car person and they they don't care enough. But exactly. that's okay. I mean, from what my experience really, it ha- like I it doesn't matter if it's a car sometimes there's it's nice to date a car person, to uh, to date someone who's into cars. Um, but to be honest, really all that matters is that you respect each other's interests. And exactly. Like, and that's it. Like if you can if you can have that, it doesn't really matter what you're into. Right. So, I mean, yeah. for those, if there's any people listening, that's like, I'll never meet the guy that wants to go drifting with me or whatever. like, you don't have to, as long as he right. doesn't... they just have to ask you questions about drifting and support your, your habit and maybe come take pictures or video. Yeah. And that's fine. Exactly. Like if they like golf, I don't know, go golfing with them. I don't golf, but like, or whatever they do. I don't know what a normal people, I don't even know what normal people do. What do normal people even do anymore? Don't like, ask me. Like I have no idea. <laughs> like I don't have any normal, th- like nothing I do during my day is like what any normal human being would go about, like go about during their day. I spend my day fielding emails about people who are offering their cars to be featured. And then I go to either a dealership or a strange location where someone has cars. I drive those cars. I talk about those cars. And then I get out of the car and I talk about the car more. And then I go home and then I edit the car and then I post it. And then what do I do? I respond to comments about the car. Like, <laughs> like Right. And then lather, rinse, repeat. And then I and then I decided why not why not start a podcast where I can talk about cars? Um <laughs> so Exactly. I mean that's the thing. If if you if, like Everybody needs to just find people who can respect each other's interests. You don't have to be up each other's throats about everything. It it, it would get right. boring. Um, but you know, you got to be able to do a road trip with each other, and you know, have those at least. Yeah, yeah, for sure. What can we expect from you guys coming? Or not? I guess it's not all men. From you, you people. What can we expect from you people <laughs> going forward? Because <laughs> I well, love so your it's... off-road stuff. The off-road stuff was so killer. I, people really need to go check out off, out Motorsport because it's like to me. I don't look at your thing as like a gay publication. I just look at it as like these are like dope little adventures that you guys do, and it just happens to be a bunch of gay dudes doing it to make sure that like the gay youth knows that hey, it's okay, you can do this too. Exactly. That's, that's kind of why we're, why we're, you know, doing all this. Um, so we, well, first of all, uh, it will be 
back to all dudes in the near future because uh, our our one non dude uh, we have our lovely and talented Mercedes. Um, she just accepted an offer with Jalopnik. Congratulations, Mercedes! Is, we are so pumped for her. Uh, she is transitioning over to that as a a company and career and role. So she will be writing full time over there. So uh, yeah. please check us out, but check her out too. She'll be on jalopnik.com. Um, as far as the rest of us clowns uh, sitting here on on our website, um, you know, we did the the cheap car rally cross this year. Last year we did the cheap off road challenge. Um, you know, there will be new car reviews. There will be old car reviews. There will be racing and, auto, and autocross adventures. Um, I am also very excited to share that we are going to host a rally cross in 2021. Yeah, none of this like. None of this coming along to the SCCA event and crashing their party like we did this year. Uh, we are going to host an event at Summit Point for two days. Bring a cheap car, bring your daily driver, bring whatever. More details to come, but uh, we're working on dates right now. So it is going to a, be a big gay time. And I mean that in every sense of the word. I might need to make a trip down for that one. Like that would be really fun. I just got to find a car to, to, to shotgun in or something. <laughs> I'm sure someone yeah. would let me, let me like float around and <laughs> drive like random oh, yeah. shit. We'll, we'll have people sharing cars, I'm sure. Um, and we'll come up with a theme and a budget and all that. And if people don't want to participate, like bring your daily, bring your Chevy Malibu. That sounds fun. Sure. Or just come hang out and take pictures or come out and watch. Like it's just going to be a big party. So. Dude. Hopefully we can have parties by then. I but. love it. I know, dude. It's like, it's so funny because I'm looking forward to normality. And the thing is somewhere deep in everybody's brain, we have this like 2021 will be fine. Spring 2021 will be normal. And it's like, dude, we don't know that. Uh, it's hard right. to get there. Well, we are not planning for the spring. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're, we're kicking the date a little farther out. I think we're looking like end of summer at the very earliest just to be, you know, doubly safe that maybe we can do this and not have to reschedule it. So well, I love yeah, that's, that's the biggest news. I love it. I love that you guys are doing what you're doing. I love that. It's not, um, that it, I love that it's a passion project. Cause I, I, I do think this is going to grow in a really like, it's going to be a slow go for a bit. And when it hits, yeah. when it hits though, Jake, when this hits, like it's going to hit and you're going to be like, Oh my God, I, I think it will. And you know, I, like I said, we started this, all of us have full-time jobs. We do this on nights and weekends and lunch hours and whenever we can crank something out. But, um, there was a point, like I share all this with my day job coworkers cause they think I'm this loon who has a ton of fun on his weekends, but, and also they're correct. They are but, correct. Uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, they asked, like we're in consulting, you know, there's kind of no hard feelings of people come and go, but they said, would you make this your full-time job at some point? And at first I was like, Oh no, I just want to do this for fun, whatever, whatever. And now when people ask like, fuck yes, I would do this as my full-time job. Dude. You know, we need the subscribers on YouTube. We need the Facebook and Instagram followers. We need the connections and the everything because if we're going to make a living doing this, it's going to have to get much bigger, but we can and will do it because we're just trying to have fun and bring people along for the ride. Not only do I believe you can do it, I believe you can do it without even remotely compromising core values and like purpose. I think it's doable. And oh, I think that agreed. if, if, if nothing else, the last six months has taught me on YouTube that you can be yourself 
do what you want to do. I don't have to jump off of a Lamborghini Aventador doing donuts to get views. I can actually just do what I want to do and be myself. Um, I've done the dumb shit. I've done, I've tried, I've tried a lot of avenues and not only is it more sustainable to be yourself, it's so much more rewarding when it, when it works. And and I just have no idea or no interest in trying to cash in on something that is going to get attention for two days and be forgotten about. But I will say, I'd rather, like you say, have the slow burn and, and be remembered. If you do a tasteful calendar and out motorsports calendar, you know, I'm just, I'm around the corner. You just give me a holler. <laughs> uh, we'll see. We'll see what we can do. We got to add to our, uh, our online store, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> oh my we, God. We got some merch, but we can always add more. I think like, I think like a really like anti-sexy calendar would be very funny. <laughs> I would 100% hang that everywhere. Yeah. I'll see. That, that could be a fun thing. <laughs> we could have bear month and, all kinds of fun. It would be real. It, it could be fun. It could be fun. Yeah. Well, now you're going to get my wheels turning for that, but I have enough to, we're, we're also, uh, doing a, uh, a trivia night coming up in November. So, um, we're opening that up. We've got a, a membership program that we started for the sake of like monthly zoom calls with each other to get to know each other and connect. We've got people calling in from as far as Australia. At That's this point. so cool. Um, so, uh, if nothing else, throw us $2 a month to come hear someone talk in a beautiful Australian accent for half an hour. Mm. But, uh, that's a lot of pressure for that poor dude. <laughs> it is, but he's, he's just wonderful. Um, and, and he's going to be writing a few things for us too, I think in the near future. Very but, cool. We like um, a good Australian yeah, hoon. We do. Um, and he owns, uh, multiple citrons, which is also just very intriguing. So citron enthusiast in Australia. Yeah, there's like a lot to unpack there, but, um, but yeah, we're we're gonna open this up. Um, you know, it's in the month of November, which is Thanksgiving, which is partially about uh, conquering other people and stealing all their land and, and assets. But um, beyond that, you can be thankful for what you've got. And uh, you know, I think we're all just thankful for this community. So I said, hey, let's let's do a trivia night. We'll open it up to anybody, not just members, and. Um, we're going to take donations all night during the event. And, uh, and at the end of the night, the winning team gets to pick where they get donated. So I think that'll be, um, that'll be a nice little time. Well, if you can't tell already from the sardonic humor, humor, we're definitely, uh, definitely Northeasterners. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, I appreciate you coming on. This is great. I, I love what you're doing. I like the way you're going about it because it really, it makes, even me feel like I'm included in this thing because, you know, even like I said, even though people come out, even though they're like, yeah, I'm gay, like they don't, doesn't mean they fit into what's like the common gay culture. And exactly. I, think, I think what you're offering is really powerful because it gives a lot of people an, a, a, a place to feel like they're not othered. They feel like they're exactly themselves and they feel like they can ask those questions and decide like, like, for example, I could come to you and be like, Hey, you know, I felt pretty uncomfortable at this event because I said this and I, it just, it elicited a reaction when I said my boyfriend or whatever, you know, this is a place I feel like, you know, you can meet these people, you can hear these stories and actually get like real feedback from folks who have experienced what you've experienced or have the same fears. And that I think is a really powerful tool. And again, I don't think this is just for gay people. Like, 
I, I think that's oh, one no. of the biggest things. It's like this is a place where pretty much anybody who maybe feels othered but uh, otherwise just likes fucking cars. There's going to be a lot of people who just watch your stuff and literally like, why is this called Out Motorsports? I'm watching you review a Subaru Crosstrek and I'm gaining a lot of insight into right. whether or not I might buy the CVT. Um, <laughs> and like, so that's the thing. I think you still offer like a product for everybody else. Exactly. Yeah, it's just we're this is for literally anyone and we're making a very big point of that. Excellent. Well, I hope to have you back on at some point soon. Maybe maybe we do maybe we do this rally cross. I'll bring the mics down. Um but otherwise when you're big and famous, uh, we'll have you back on to talk about what all the all the hopeful things you said back in the day and then they all came true. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would be awesome. And thank you so much for having me on. I'll talk to you soon. So what do you think? There's Jake. Jake's uh, Jake's a pretty good guy, and I I would encourage everyone to go check out outmotorsports.com for some of their articles. Uh, check out their YouTube channel if you're looking at car reviews, things like that. But I mean, look at the end of the day, this is all about the love of driving, and basically, unless you're just an asshole, we can probably get along over it. And I think it's important that we uh, we make sure people feel like they're welcome if they share the passion. So thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to respect the drive. And I'll see you soon.